Welcome back to Estero, Florida, Jermaine Arena. Hockey action here in the Sunshine State. And our score at the end of one period is Merrimack 1, Northern Michigan nothing. I'm Mike Backnick with John Leahy. This first intermission, as always, is brought to you by Fuddruckers, an official partner of Merrimack Athletics. Make sure you stop in at Fuddruckers for a burger or delicious salad before or after the next Warrior game. Located right down the street from Merrimack at 550 Turnpike Street. They also have locations in Reading and Salem, New Hampshire. Our guest in the first intermission here is Chris Aliano. He's the assistant athletic director for communications at Merrimack. And, uh, well, Chris, I have to imagine on the bench a huge sigh of relief. I, I feel it up here in press box as well when Hampus Gustafson scored that goal, not only uh, breaking the shutout streak on the weekend, but also uh, picking up the first power play goal in 36 tries. They needed that goal. They did. And uh, <laughs> it's, it was a weight lifted off all our shoulders, uh, all of us related to Merrimack, I feel like. Good things happen when you go to the net, huh? Yeah. It's, uh, it's, you know, Hampus has had that hot touch this year. You don't have nine goals through uh, 18 games by accident and uh, it, it was just great to see not just him uh, but the team get off the schneid. I think that it ends the shutout streak of about an hour and 25 but it felt it felt longer than that. It felt almost three hours without a goal of total game time. Uh, let's see how they, uh, I mean, you also don't outshoot an opponent by 15 uh, in terms of shots on goal 17-2 Merrimack in the first. You don't do that by accident either. Uh, the Warriors definitely control the pace of play there. Quick turnaround for both these teams, a little bit quicker for Merrimack but uh, I like the way that the Warriors look there in the first period and uh, let's see if they can get a little bit more confidence, uh, maybe get another power play goal or two, generate those opportunities uh, but Mike McMahon's been harping on it back at home the last couple articles he's written uh, last night in his follow-up thoughts after the game. Warriors need to get to the net more they need to get to the net more and I thought there were a couple of times before that where they could have but there were some, you know, they used some of that speed I remember Matt Tibbet had a chance and I think Logan Coombs of the trailer on one play, he's coming down the right wing side and he shot a little bit quicker and I feel like if he waited there would have been more of an opportunity at the net. Uh, but, you know, sure enough, Ampus drives to the net there. Uh, he does a nice play at the end there, his own little skill to, to get, it, obviously, the puck into the net. But uh, Mike McMahon's been harping on, it, harping on it. I feel like we've been discussing it more. Good things happen happens when you get to the net. Coach Denny, he's been saying that, and uh, it's just nice to see. A long-winded way of saying nice to see them get that goal. Yeah, there, I mean, there are a couple of things about that. First of all, it felt like it had to be Hampus Gustafson, right? I mean, he's the guy that he's got to get back go, going the way he was earlier in the year for this team to have success in the second half. I, I agree, and sometimes... Hampus has been a quiet leader these last couple of years, uh, having the A again this year on, on his, uh, obviously on, on the sweater, and while he might not be, you know, that vocal in-your-face captain, he's a leader on the score sheet for a reason. There's a reason he's been at the top of the score sheet these past three years, really, since his sophomore year on, and I think a lot of the younger guys, a lot of young guys, especially in offense, are going to start looking up to that senior, uh, that guy that's been leading the way in goal scoring when they were when they were cooking in that, you know, after that those first three games, when Hampus went on that, I believe, eight-game point streak, it was no coincidence that the team was cooking, I believe, going five and three, whatever it might have been in that stretch. Um, you're right. I, I agree. It's if, I feel like if you see, start seeing the goals coming from Hampus again, sometimes he makes it look easy. Sometimes it's, he's just in the right place at the right time. He doesn't have, you know, he doesn't really blow anyone away, but he's, he's the guy that gets to the net, that has a lot of those gritty rebound goals. He scores from up tight, scores from, you know, in close like that, and I think that'll uh, motivate some of the rest of those younger guys with some speed, a little bit more skill to get to the net and see, hey, if Hampus is doing it, why not us? And I think that, in theory, could turn to an elite to more goals, hopefully. I, I thought there were a number of positive things in that first period. You mentioned the speed. Speed was certainly a factor in that first period. They were able to do things quickly, move the puck quickly, uh, get it up ice, keep it in the zone, but also I thought another key, the big 
players played big. And that's one of the things that they, you know, when, when that's happened, the team has tended to have success. When when Chris LeBlanc, Alfred Larson, Hampus Gustafs, and these guys who have the bigger frames are out there and taking advantage of it and able to use the body. I mean, Alfred Larson breaking up the three-on-two was, was one of the key plays of that first period that, you know, people might forget, but, you know, I mean, that's a possible goal right there that he prevented. And how important is it for this team to score the first goal? And I know we don't, you don't get to see that our listeners, uh, if they're not watching the stream, uh, they might hear that, but they not, you know, it's a great point you make, they may not realize the magnitude of that, so I'm, I'm happy you pointed it out, because I remember that too. This team only has one win, I believe, when allowing the first goal this season, so that, it, it, just from a mental standpoint, it, it's so important, and uh, I, I agree, the big players stepping up, playing with more confidence, there's there is some skill with those bigger players, the Crystal Langs, the Hampuses, the Alfreds, uh, but for for a team of this makeup, you know, you think of the, the defining principles of Merrimack hockey, you know, playing hard, um, you know, the, the cornerstones that make this team, working hard and looking out for your teammates and accountability, it starts with those big guys, and maybe they not, might not have skills, as much skill as the seniors of this team, um, but obviously when you, you see a play like that, that motivates everyone else on that bench, it keeps the score, obviously, scoreless at that time. That was a huge part of the first period. I, you know, I'm glad you pointed it out because uh, I remembered it, forgot it when we got in the air, and you're absolutely right. That could have been a goal. Um, and obviously, when uh, this team scores the first goal, just like many other teams, but for Merrimack more so uh, this year in particular, allowing that first goal has, uh, you know, it's been troublesome for them to come back from. So that, that was a great point. Before we let you go, uh, news we announced yesterday: uh, the scheduling agreement with Denver and Colorado College. I mean, great to see the you know new teams. I guess in some cases, uh, Denver, a team that we did see a few years ago, but these agreements with teams are going out to play teams and coming back. You know. Uh Merrimack went to Wisconsin earlier this year. Wisconsin will come in next year. Uh, next year they'll go to Minnesota Duluth, and then Duluth will come in the year after that. Next year is also going to see a trip uh, around this time of year to Denver and Colorado College. Uh, so we'll see Colorado College again next year, and then those two schools will come in for, for the first time ever. That those schools will make a trip to to Lawler Rink. So I got to think that that's going to be something that's uh, exciting around the program, exciting around the athletic department, bringing in some of those big name schools. And it's, uh, I would have to think that from a marketing standpoint too, it's going to be something that. To should interest people to see some of these teams that they have associated with some of the powers of college hockey. Absolutely, and you, know, you mentioned the marketing aspect of it. I know Will O'Leary's back home, uh, you know, putting this together, thinking, ah, oh, it should be an easy sellout. I think some of that obviously is a byproduct of. Obviously, with the schedule formatting change, with obviously the reshuffling of the conference dominoes a few years ago, that opened up uh, what was at the time, I think, four more non-conference games, now two more non-conference games. So it happens that you're going to have those openings that you wouldn't have had maybe four, five, six years ago. But then, of course, you got to tip your hat to Coach Dennehy because he's obviously the one who engineers that schedule, who steers all those agreements in the right direction. And you know, it's great that he's been stressing so much the, you know, let's pay it both ways. We'll go out there, but we're not going to come out there this uh, this time being Denver and Colorado. Make these long trips if you're not going to return the favor. Uh, I know three, four years ago we went to Denver twice. Denver didn't come back, so it's great to see. I love the travel partner aspect of it. I love the two teams coming out, playing a diff- uh, maybe a different team each night. I, I think next year they're playing UNH with us. I'm not sure, I'm not sure either. Um, but it's just great to see that camaraderie um, of the two different teams coming out, playing us once each night, another team the next night, and then us coming back the next year and vice versa. I know we did it with Bentley 
uh, the last couple of years. Uh, it's just great to see Coach Dennehy obviously at the forefront there, uh, trying to get those different teams in, that East versus West uh, spiciness of it as well. Uh, it's going to be fun. And, I, you know, I'm a skier. I love going out West. Uh, I'm going to look forward to that as well. Chris, thanks a lot. I appreciate your time, all the hard work that you do, making us sound good on the air, all, all the great information you feed us. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the rest of your time in Florida, only about another day or so, and then it's back to the grind, back to the cold weather, weather up north. Hey, wouldn't have had it any, any other way. Thank you, guys. As always, happy belated Christmas. I say it on the air. And, uh, hey, if I don't talk to you, happy New Year. See yes. you uh, back at Lawler in 2017. You got it. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. We appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. All right, that's Chris Aliano, the assistant athletic director for communications at Merrimack. And our score after one is Merrimack 1, Northern Michigan nothing. We'll be back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.